regularly or often, um, but uh, I want to encourage you, don't just uh, listen to this podcast, but come to the house of God. You're, you're missing out on something that is a necessary component uh, for your walk with the Lord. Amen. Well, praise God. Let's receive the offering today. Uh, of course, most of you know uh, the deal. But you know, I was listening to, I, I, I turned on Bill Winston this morning, and, and uh, I, don't, uh, um, I don't get to listen to him every week. I turn him on every week, but I don't always get to listen. He's always in the background of me getting ready, though, for church. And so Bill Winston came on this morning, and this morning um, I happened to catch the part of the service. Quit pestering her, Ted. She's trying to get some stuff done here. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm kidding, Ted. But anyway, uh, Bill Winston, I just happened to catch uh, when he was teaching on the offering today. And so open your Bibles with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And I'm, I want to uh, reiterate something that we all know, but I think sometimes we, uh, we, ne- we neglect. And the reason why we neglect it the reason why we neglect it is because um, I think what happens is that we start to get in our own heads and we start to get um, in the flesh when we think about uh, principles uh, in Scripture concerning finance and supernatural increase. Listen, it is a constant battle. And I know I'm making, I, may, I might be making some people nervous now that I got me some envelopes in my hand here. But... Um, <laughs> I love making people nervous. Amen. I said, if, now, if I had a pen and I was writing stuff on these envelopes, that's when you ought to get nervous. But anyway, uh, but uh, Bill Winston was talking about how that as a, a young, a young a believer, um, he was in a service with Dr. Oral Roberts. Anybody know who Oral Roberts is? Oral Roberts is a healing evangelist from the 1950s. Uh, God touched him. In fact, he's from here in Oklahoma. Uh, and he's from Enid, in fact. And, uh, but God touched him. He had tuberculosis as a young man. God supernaturally healed him of tuberculosis, put him in the healing ministry, and he went around preaching under a tent for years, ministering healing to the sick and casting out devils, and God used him powerfully. Not only did God use him in that way, but the Lord used him. He was an entrepreneur. God, did you did all know that, oh, how, how entrepreneurial uh, Oral Roberts was? God led him to buy quarter horses, and he was in that business for a long time while he was ministering the gospel, and God blessed him financially uh, in that way, and then God, God spoke to him and told him, you need to get on television. So he was the one of the, him and Rex Humbard and several others were uh, Christian TV pioneers. Um, if, if you go back, in fact, some of you ought to do a Google search and go back and uh, Google Oral Roberts, um, what, did they, what did they call the, those programs back in the day? I uh, know... Um, what what do they variety shows? Is that what they called them? What what was that? What it, uh, like the Donnie and Marie show? Anybody remember Donnie and Marie and Tony Orlando and Dawn and and uh, were those variety shows? Is that what they were? Uh, uh, Google Google Oral Roberts variety show. You're gonna you're gonna freak out because Oral Roberts here he is a preacher and they had people on there and he, they were singing secular music. And having a variety hour, and then he'd share the gospel. It was crazy. It was cra- I, I never knew that about Oral Roberts' ministry, but he was one of the pioneers of television, and God had spoken to him to get in that, into that way to, to reach more people. Then he founded Oral Roberts University and, um, and things like that. And so, of course, he's gone on to be with the Lord now. But So Oral Roberts was, 
was ministering and uh, Bill Winston said he was sitting in that service and Oral Roberts announced that he needed a certain amount of money. And he, it was a 350, uh, I think it was $354,000 is what Oral Roberts said. Now, Bill Winston, he was just a pup. He didn't know nothing about the things of God. He didn't know nothing about supernatural increase. He said, but, the, uh, but when Oral Roberts said that, he, he said he had a stack of envelopes. That's why I, had to, I wanted that to be in your head. He had a stack of envelopes that he had sitting on the platform. And he said, he said, I, he said I, I, I believe that, uh, that uh, God wants every one of you to sow a $1,000 seed. And he said it was a huge congregation. So he laid that up there and he said, I believe God wants every one of you to sow a $1,000 seed. Now I'm going to tell you something. Most of us, we have difficulty. Uh, most of us have, most people, now I would say most of us, most people in the body of Christ have difficulty just with hearing a message on tithing and offering giving. Immediately, they hear the message and they want to start to, well, they get leery of the individual who's declaring it, number one. Because what is their motive? What are they, why, are they, why do they want my money? Why are they trying to get my money? Well, let me tell you something. The source of the message isn't this preacher. The source of the message is God's word. And it's not me that's trying to get your money. It's God's trying to get your money. And God's not trying to get your money because he needs your money. Don't forget, he has streets of gold and a giant, he's got a giant city with a gate made out of one single pearl. I mean, God is loaded. Y'all know God is loaded, right? God is loaded. God don't need your money. But the Bible says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So God's looking for something else out of us and from us. But he said, or Roberts said, I believe God wants everyone in this place to give $1,000. He says, now some of you don't have it. He says, others, you do have it. He said, but I'm going to put these envelopes out here. And if you can work your faith, he said, if you don't have it and you can work your faith to believe God for $1,000, he said, then come up here and get one of these envelopes. He said, and God will fill it. He said, if you have it to give, he said, just put it in there, put it in the offering. He said, just get it over with quick. He said, but I do believe that God wants you. Now, Bill Winston said this. He said that was one of his first opportunities that God had given him to break out of a poverty mindset and to sow something that was significant. He knew it was something that would break wrong thinking, that would break down barriers that he had erected in his mind that were carnal and kept him from the fullness of God's blessing in finance. So he said he was sitting there and he he said, man, I wish I had $1,000. But he said at that time, he didn't even know how he could get $1,000. But he said while he sat there, the person that was sitting next to him who he didn't know looked over at him and said, is the Lord telling you to go up there? And he said, he, he, Bill Winston, you know, jokingly said, the Lord's telling me to tell you to shut up, mind your own business. That's what the Lord's telling me to tell you to do. You know, because that's our, 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 you know what? Your flesh, your flesh, your natural man wants to keep you from entering in to the flow of God's spirit. In fact, the Bible tells us as much. The Bible says that um, the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. They're contrary one to the other. So you cannot do the things that you would. So how do you overcome the flesh? Well, you don't overcome the flesh by sitting there and twiddling your thumbs. Isn't that right? There, there, there's, there, there's corresponding action. Uh, 
we, we, we certainly have to get the thought, but then there's corresponding action that has to take place. There's something that we have to do. And so Bill Winston, he said he got up, he went, he got, he got that envelope and he took it and he was like, all right, Lord, I'm believing you. I'm going to do this. And so he took the envelope and, and he, he just, trust Lord. He said within two weeks, God filled that envelope with $1,000. He said the Lord told him something. Now, I'm not going to tell you what else the Lord told him because I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about what he said, about what he felt like the Lord told him. Um, well, I can tell you it this way. I, don't necessarily, I, I, wouldn't say that, I wouldn't say that I agree that this is how God would deal with everyone or that this is a doctrine of the church. But he said this, the Lord said, the Lord said, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you that thousand dollars. He said, and if you touch one dime of it and use it for anything else, you'll be cursed with a curse. So that gave him an incentive to not touch what God was about to give him to sow. Amen. Now let's read this verse of scripture. It says, um, in, uh, second Corinthians chapter nine, Let's, uh, let's uh, read it from verse 10. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for... Let me, let's, let's read it in a different version. Let's read this in the Amplified translation. Amen. Amplified. So if it comes across loud, it's because it's Amplified. <laughs> Let me, let me read in the classic amplifier. Okay, here it is. It says, and God who provides seed for the sower. Say this with me. Say seed for the sower. Seed for the so who does God provide seed for? He provides seed for the what? Now, if you're not a sower, how's he going to provide seed for you? See, some of us are trying to get God to provide seed before we become a sower. I'm preaching. We're trying to get God to supply seed before we go to sowing. In fact, it goes, it goes in this order. He provides seed to the sower and bread for eating will also provide and multiply resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. Amen. So he who supplies seed to the sower will also provide bread for your eating and supply and increase your store of seed. Amen. Listen, many of us don't realize why the devil fights us so hard in that sowing. Because God doesn't provide seed to the, the one that doesn't sow. God provides seed to the sower. Amen. God supplies seed to the sower. And he said, he said that was what you know, what, what went off. You know, we've got to quit thinking so negatively about when someone encourages us to sow seed. Listen, church, you know what? Can I show you something else? Go to the, go to the book of, uh, I didn't intend, Bill Winston did this so much quicker than I did. I should have had Ayla do this. She'd have been done already. But anyway, <laughs> go to the book of, go to the book of Romans. Cause I, I do have something else I want to share with you. Romans chapter, uh, oh, I think it's, uh, I'll figure it out here in a second. Romans chapter, uh, oh, chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Boy, y'all ought to get excited about this. You know why? We're, we're, we're unlocking doors this morning that will, that will open up the windows of heaven for you to inherit seed to sow. Amen. Do you know when God finds you faithful with the seed that he wants you to sow, he'll start supplying more, more seed. Listen, he'll give you so much seed to sow, you'll have to have a storehouse to, sow, to store your seed. Not to store your bread, to store your seed in. Can you imagine? Listen, some of you all, all you got is money to spend on bills, gas, electricity, food. In fact, some of you don't even have enough money uh, within a month to do that. Some people struggling to do that. Can you imagine if, if, you did, if you did it God's way, the word says, not only he will give seed to the sower, but he'll give you bread for food and he'll do this. He'll give you bread for food and this is what this implies. You'll have, you'll have more than enough for yourself and I will supply and increase your store of seed. Not only will you have food, but you will have extra to put in the bank, not for vacation, not to build a new house, not to buy a new car, but strictly, specifically for the purpose. How much money do you have to have to have a special account to sow seed? Where you're like, man, I'm putting this away right here, this seed money, and, you don't, and you're not tempted to touch it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Boy, I thought y'all would get more excited about this than that. Amen. Amen. All right. Romans chapter 12. And I'm, I'm trying to help you to deal with uh, mindsets that will keep you. Now, are there, are there preachers out there that preach this uh, so that they can drive a nicer car and live in a nicer house because they're stealing people's money? I'm going to tell you something. I think probably... But in the 30-something years I've been doing ministry, I've, I've, I can count the amount of people on one hand that that's what's in their heart. Now, I've seen people, I've seen people take up offerings in all kind of wrong ways. I've seen people do stuff that I didn't agree with when it came to receiving an offering. I've seen people hand out um, $100 envelopes, $1,000 $5,000 envelopes. I've seen people say, if you'll give uh, $2,023 in 2023, God's going to, you know, according to this scripture, God's going to cancel your debt. I've seen them take scriptures and, and they'll take, you know, Isaiah, you know, of, of course, if I was going, if I was going to receive an offering this way, I'd go to like Psalm 119 and I'd go to the greatest verse in there because, you know, it's the, or, or Psalm 150 and, you know, 150 verse, you know, whatever, 10 or I don't know how many verses are in 150, but, and I'd be like, for your love gift, $150.10, you know, <laughs> but, that, but that, we, how many of y'all seen people do that? For your love gift of $50, you're going to get fish hooks from Peter's tackle box, toothpicks carved out of the cross of Jesus, blood of Jesus anointing oil, miracle spring water, shower caps of blessing. Prayer rugs with your personal prophecy taped on the backside of it. I, I think those are all inappropriate ways to, to, to fundraise in the church. When Michael, when Michael and them were putting all this together, we didn't come to y'all and say, hey, listen, buy a shingle. 
for your love gift of $100, we're going to put yours and your family's name on this shingle. It'll be nailed to the top of this roof. roof. And, and you know, not just by anyone, but Michael Salazar himself is going to get on the roof and hammer. And while he's hammering, you know, and Eric's going to join him. They're going to be praying over your family. We're, you know, that, those, are, those are things that now, is there anything necessarily wrong with that? It, does it mean those people were charlatans? No, you know, those people probably using that money to do the work of God. And some of them don't know any better. They, they think that's the way to do it. I think I ought to teach you, I think I ought to teach you how you can live in abundance and live in the blessing of God so that you have more than enough and when it comes time to sow, you'll know what to do with it. Listen, if, 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 I can, if I can get you walking in the blessing, I'll be blessed. If I, can get, if I can get you in the million flow, come on somebody. Amen. Any volunteers for the million flow? Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. You ought to do that regular. Amen. You ought to do that regular. Praise God. But there are these mindsets that have to be broken. Are y'all seeing this? So uh, Romans chapter 12, look at verse 6. Well, we, we can read, um, well, let's, ver- let's start from verse 3. For I say th- through the grace given to me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Can we, can we read this in the English Standard Version? Can we do that? Can you put it up in English Standard Version? Um, I can't remember who's back there. Marissa. English Standard Version. What does it say there? It says, uh, For by the grace given to me, say I to everyone uh, among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith so it's it's talking about different gifts isn't it ted glory to god if prophecy in proportion to our faith if service or serving in our serving uh, the one who teaches in his teaching the one who exhorts in exhortation now look at this one the one who contributes in generosity so do, so these are all gifts do you know there is a gift of contra- there's a gift of giving that there are actually people that god has raised up in his church to be givers let me tell you something do you know what happens many times with those people Look, look at me, y'all. Y'all have been around my ministry long. Most of you have. What is, what, what, tell, me, tell me what are some of the things that God uses me, uh, what, what kind of gifts God uses me in. Somebody, just name a couple. What, what's, what are the gifts that stand in the forefront? When, when God uses me, what are the gifts that stand? At the, what, do you, what do you think of uh, uh, primarily first? Huh? Prophecy, gift of knowledge, gift of word of knowledge, prophecy, that is that what you guys are saying? Prophet, prophecy, 
right? That's a, that's the first thing that comes, right? Why? Because everywhere I go, that's a gift I function in. Oh, yeah. Do you know when I go to places, if I go to a place where they know me and they know me well, and I go there to sit in a church service, do you know what I'm asked nearly every time I go to a place? Nearly every time. In fact, even when I go to a place and preach, after I'm done preaching and I go sit down, do you know, you know what people will come and tell every time? Not sometime, every time. You know what people will do? They will come to me, they'll say, do you have a word for me? Did the Lord tell you anything about me? Uh, pastors, when I, when I come in, uh, almost always, if that pastor knows me, he'll be like, hey, Brother Ziggy's here. Brother Ziggy, do you have a word for us? Do you have a word? If he doesn't say it publicly, he'll grab me in private. Uh, if I'm not there ministering and preaching and those people know me, I will have a line of people that will be waiting to talk to me after service and nearly every one of them. You've been there, haven't you, Ayla? Haven't you, Shree? Nearly every one of them. Do you have a word for me? Do you know what it doesn't do to me? It doesn't shut me off to wanting to be a blessing to those people. Right. Right. Go ahead now. God gave me a gift. Right. He intended for me to function in that gift. If I have a word for them, I'm going to give them. You, you know what I don't do, Melody? I don't go, every time I come here, y'all want a word. <laughs> y'all hearing me? Now listen, don't call me at three in the morning because I'll have a word for you, but it won't be a word from God. <laughs> you won't, listen, you won't want to hear that word, and I won't want to hear that word coming out of my mouth. You understand? I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better be praying, boy. Because Pastor Andy will have some words too. Here, let me give him a word. <laughs> oh, anyhow. But but I don't, I, it's not like I get offended. God get, if God puts a gift on your life, you know what? You know what people ask Eric? Eric, we go into these churches that know him and they'll be like, hey, can you play the drums? Can you play the drums? Right? Am I, am I right, Eric? If Eric go to any of these Spanish churches on the south side where they used to go, they'd be like, hey, you want to play tonight? Can you play tonight? Come on, play tonight. Right? Right. Right. Go ahead, man. But you know what? I have found musicians are more turned off by people asking. Musicians be like, I can't come here and just sit. All you want is my all you want is me to play. All you want me to do is sing. What do you think I am? A jukebox? And I didn't even get a quarter. <laughs> Musicians, and you know who else? Who else's gift starts getting a sour taste in their mouth? Givers. Now listen, if you're a drummer, they're going to want you to drum. If you're a singer, they're going to want you to sing. If you're a prophet, they're going to want you to prophesy. What do you think people are going to want? Amen. See, some of y'all like million flow, million flow. But if you get in the million flow, if I need a half a million dollars, and I got to have it by Monday, who you think I'm going to come to? You're going to be getting a call from your pet. Ask Ted. Now, listen, thank God. I never did this to Ted for a long time until I got this revelation. But I thought Ted has a gift of giving. How is he ever going to grow in his gift of giving if no one ever makes a demand on that gift? So Ted, he'd always sow into my ministry. But one time, we was getting ready to buy an airplane. And I was like, Ted, I'm going to do something I never did before. 
I'm jumping in. I'm, I'm sowing, what was 20 grand? Was that the first seed we sowed? Was 20 grand? Was it 10, the first one? Because we did a 20, didn't we? What? 10. We, but we did 20 once, didn't we? 20 each, or was it just 10? 10. Okay, so it was 10 each. So uh, I went in. Hey, man, you, you, you in? Can I count on you for 10 grand? You, you know what? I felt awkward. But you know, Ted is the only one I've ever felt comfortable. Well, no, Ted... Uh, two, uh, just two people. There's one other person that I ever felt comfortable going to. Now, the second person I went to, uh, they weren't comfortable with me coming to them. But Ted, but Ted, now only, I've only done with this with two. In 37 years of ministry, I've only done this with two people. In 37 years of ministry, I've only done this with two people. But, I'm, but here's the thing. That's why I'm here today. Remember I told you all at the back, I said, I'm getting ready to challenge everybody. Listen, I'm about to get way aggressive because I believe that God has stuff for us to do. Thank God, Ted, when I asked him that, he was like, well, the Lord hadn't told me nothing. I said, I'm telling you, you got a gift. Use it. You know what Ted could have done? He would well, you know, now all Pastor Z, all he focuses on now with me is money. That's not all I'm focused on. But if you have a gift of giving, glory to God. Now listen, if you're a giver and you have a gift of giving, you can't allow yourself to get your drawers in a bunch when someone who is doing something for God comes and tries to make a draw on your gift. That's the devil. The devil trying to keep you from entering into the fullness. Are y'all hearing this today? Boy, listen. The devil will try to kill your harvest and kill your gift by getting you to have a bad attitude about money. Amen. So you know what? Uh, I, we don't have any envelopes like this, but we've, I've never done this, but I'm going to do it. Just like all Roberts did. Every year we spend, now listen, now we don't, I don't have to do this. Right. Hear what I'm about to tell y'all. We got money in the bank. We've had money in the bank since we started this church. Right. You understand? We have had money in the bank. We have no financial lack in this. Everything's paid except for the stuff I forgot to pay, which is, I got to pay that this week. Anyhow, so. <laughs> I just got a letter today, but, um, oh, okay, yes. W what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask y'all to sow $1,000 toward our outreach this year. Now, listen, do we need $1,000? No, we don't need it. We don't need it. We do it every year, and we never had trouble getting it done. We, we, spend, we spend nearly ten grand a year on outreach every year. And so, see, I'm saying it, y'all already in. Y'all already in. Now, I'm not telling you the, the, the Lord's telling you to do it. I'm telling you the Lord told me to present it. Right. The Lord told me to say it because I believe that we're about to make a draw on the seed That's right. that God wants to That's supply right. to the sower. Right. Amen. You say, well, Brother Ziggy, I don't have $1,000 to sow right. You ain't got to have it right now. If God is the God who he says he is and he supplies seed to the sower, then bless God, he'll supply seed for you to sow and he'll give you bread for food and he'll multiply and increase your store of seed. Amen. 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 So uh, 
over the next uh, couple of months, as we go into the a time where we're um, doing outreach, you say, what do you talk about outreach, Pastor? Well, next month, we're going to go to the apartments down here. We're going to set up in the courtyard. Calvino, we're going to assist Calvino and his bunch. They're really putting on the uh, the outreach. We're, they're, they're doing the entertaining part, but we're going to go in there. We're going to feed people. We're going to pray for people. We're going to minister to people in the courtyard of that apartment complex. Huh? We're going to have giveaways. We're going to have giveaways. We're going to do everything we normally do in our, in our uh, summer outreaches. So we got one next, starting another April. We got one in May. We got one in June. We got one in July. We got one in August. And we have our last one in September. And actually, it's October because then we do Fall Festival in October. So we got all these outreaches. We spend in excess of 10 grand every, out, every time we do these, every year. We spend more than $10,000 a year. I haven't done it recently. I think probably last year was, our, was the biggest amount we spent. And I think we spent nearly 25 grand last year on outreaches alone. Do you know how many churches are spending money on outreach that I know of? Nearly none of them. But the reason why we've done things the way we've done them around here is because we, listen, we don't want to just be paying for a building to meet in. And some churches, that's all they can do with the budget they got. All they can do is get together and pay for the building that they meet in. But we've been able to do outreach, to minister to our community. Amen. So here's the thing. You got, you got a seed you're going to sow. You got a seed you're going to sow. Amen. God's going to supply more seed for you to sow as a result of this seed. And he's going to open up the windows of heaven. And he's going to bless your bread. <laughs> I'm only doing this because the Lord told me to, to give you the opportunity. I heard, I heard that on Bill Winston. Now, Bill Winston didn't do this. He just gave the testimony. And when he said that testimony, boom, it exploded in my spirit. I was like, ooh. And the Lord said, that's what I want you to do. He says, I want you to give. He said, you've never, you've never told people that what they're sowing is going to, guess what? Every person that we pray with in these outreaches, every hot dog that is eaten, every hamburger that is grilled, everything that happens is tied to what you got, what you got in your hand right now. Amen. You have a, you personally invested intentionally into outreach. Donna Shambach, you remember Donna Shambach came? Remember how much she needed to go to, what was it? Co uh, was it Costa Rica? Venezuela. Venezuela? Remember how much she needed? $4,000. You know where she's at right now? Or she's going this week? She's in Venezuela. Do you know how she got there? We sent her. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Boy, do you know what that does? That sets you up as a target. God is targeting you for blessing. And so that's all I got to say about that. Amen. Praise God. I'm in. Annie and I, we're in. Baby, we're in. All right, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every now and again, he talks this way, and when he does, there's usually miracles attached to it. So I'd get, I'd get a hold of that. Praise God. So Ted, this is a super seed for you. This is, a, this is not just a super seed. This is a leap seed, a lead seed. Amen. What is, uh, what's this week? Uh, uh, week number 10? All right, so supersede week number 10. Let's get our offering together. If you're sewing digitally or, or online, you know how to do that. Um, 
You can text to give. You can go on the uh, app. You can go on the website. If you've never downloaded the Winner's Church app, make sure you download the app. Um, every message goes on to the app shortly after it's preached or ministered, and uh, lots of great stuff on the app. Uh, you'll get a reminder, uh, reminders about events that are coming up. Um, I say reminders. You'll get a notification because it comes up in the app if you turn your notifications on. If you don't turn your notifications on, it'll be just like it is if you don't have the app. But I, I would encourage everyone to download the app, turn your notifications on uh, when services are canceled for inclement weather. I know some of you say, well, winter's over with. Yeah, but tornado season is here. And uh, we have enough sense to, amen. But all the roofers are shouting, Amen. Um, we <laughs> but uh, we, we do, we have inclement weather into the spring, uh, early summer here, and so there have been once or twice, I think, that we went ahead and shut it down because there were tornadoes in the, uh, in the area, and uh, this is not the best place to be in, I don't think, for uh, uh, tornado safety unless we all want to cram into the bathrooms. But, um, uh, but anyhow, uh, download the app, and uh, it, will, it will help you out. Praise God. Man, I'm so excited. Let me make this announcement. I only, I only scheduled this the other day. Um, next week, of course, I'll be in um, Ohio in Revival in Swanton and a couple of other places. We're going to be, I'll, no, one other place I'll be ministering. Hicksville. You ever heard of Hicksville? And it is like it sounds. KKK went up in that uh, town in Hicksville, Ohio, and that was one of the first, and they, that's why they call it Hicksville. No lie. Uh, uh, I'm going to the only church that has a black pastor. He's the only black pastor ever pastored in Hicksville. His name is Jay Scott. And he's a brother, I'm telling you. <laughs> and so I go in there, and he, he, got a, he got a church of racially diverse. I mean, you, we're talking about a multicultural church. Puerto Ricans, uh, Mexicans, white people. I don't think he has any Native Americans. But anyway, um, very, very diverse uh, group, but we're going to preach there on Sunday morning in Hicksville, and then the rest, of, the rest of the week we're in Swanton. Sunday morning here, Pastor Annie is going to be bringing it. And she's pumped, as you can tell. Look at her. She can barely contain herself. <laughs> no, no, she really is. God's, God's going to use her. And uh, y'all know Pastor Annie, she get up here, anything can happen, so... Uh, so make sure that you come, that you bring someone with you because we do have lots going on next week. And so don't, don't, I want to encourage those of you that know you're going to be here, bring someone with you because there will be several other people that'll be missing next week that, uh, it just happened to work out on a time. I want everybody to think people is playing hooky when I leave. Uh, even though that's usually sometimes what happens with some, I won't mention any names, Ted, but, um, <laughs> no, no, Ted. uh, but, uh, uh, definitely bring someone with you, and uh, the Lord's going to do great things. But the following week, on the 19th, Pastor Ben Aguirre from Queen City, Texas, is going to be with us here on the 19th. We will have both a Sunday morning and a Sunday night service on the 19th. You do not want to miss ben. You say, why do you have Ben coming? Because the Lord spoke to me in my office while I was in there praying and said, get Pastor Ben over here. Well, um, uh, me and Sheree were making phone calls um, that, that day, and uh, I just told him straight up, hey, what are you doing the 19th? And uh, he, uh, anyway, he, he agreed. At the same time he agreed, he said, you know what? I've been feeling like you're supposed to come to my church periodically 
instead of just coming for a week of revival, he said, this year I want you to come uh, several times. And I was like, okay. So probably uh, we're going we're gonna to swap a bit. If, if he's here, I might be there. And so um, I'm not going to be there on the 19th. I'll be here. But uh, sometimes that might be end, up, end up being how it works. Uh, at least I think so. He may call me in the middle of the week and say, hey, why don't you come out <laughs> on the 19th? So, yes, two pastors were talking to me about that. That's right. Pastor Aaron Bird had talked about the same thing. So bring some, determine right now. Think about who you can bring with you to that service and bring them in the name of Jesus. All right. Let's pray over the offering. Father, we thank you for the privilege you've given to us to give to you. Lord, as we give, may it be given back to us. Good measure, pressed down, shake it together, running over. Lord, we thank you for your promises. We thank you, Lord, that your promises are yes and amen unto us. And so, Lord, you're supplying seed to the sowers oh, yeah. and bread for their food. Thank you, Jesus. And you're supplying and increasing their store thank of you, seed Lord. in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you have the freedom to speak to us in this house to do, Lord, what you've tell, told us to do. And so this year, uh, Lord, as we sow into this work of outreach, <laughs> I thank you, Lord. I thank you that not only is there going to be a harvest of souls, but there's going to be... <laughs> there's going to be a harvest, God, of seed and of bread in the name of Jesus. And your people are going to increase. Uh, in a greater measure. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it, Father. Everybody that believed it said amen. 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 All right. The offering basket is here. If you have a visitor's card, you can drop that in the, in the offering plate as well. We want to welcome our visitors. If you're visiting here with us for the first time, we're so glad. Listen, honestly, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad you're back with us today. Uh, listen, if you don't have a church home, I just want to say this to you. Welcome home. Amen. Welcome home. This is a good place with good people. We love the Lord with all of our hearts. We are a spirit-led, spirit-filled church. I will, I'm going to warn you, we are fairly laid back this morning. This is not, uh, this is, this is not, this wouldn't be typically, the last several weeks is not typically how we would be in this church, but we've been experiencing something uh, like that's been happening all over the country and many people trying to discern it. Today, I, I hope I can help you uh, to discern what's going on because the Bible, uh, the Bible wants us to discern what's happening. But, um, but if you are a, uh, a looking for a home church, and uh, you've certainly found a place here. It can get wild. Sometimes we take out running and shouting. Uh, the Holy Ghost will fall, and we'll get drunk in the spirit and fall out and uh, uh, designate people to drive us home. Amen. Amen. Sometimes Ted will just pull his truck up to this door. We throw bodies in there. And... <laughs> well, no, well, I hadn't gotten that, that hadn't gotten to that place, but oh, Melody's like, wait a minute, was I here for that? No, no. <laughs> It hadn't got, we hadn't gotten there. We've been there at Revival. In Revival meetings, yeah. literally, we've tossed people in the back of pickup trucks. And then I, I, thought, they were, I thought people were, it was in a Columbus, Ohio. They, they, they loaded about six or seven people into the back of a pickup truck and drove them home. And I, I, they were drunk in the spirit. I mean, they were, they were out in the spirit. These people were like out in the spirit. And we thought, we thought they were taking them home and taking them in and, you know, putting them in their house. Uh, the... the one of the guys that, that the Lord had touched, he was an usher. His, I can't remember his name, but he's hilarious. Um, he's real thin, but he came in, and he's, his hair was a mess. He was disheveled. His clothes were a mess. The next day, his clothes were a mess. And we were like, dude, what happened to you? He said, oh, he said, uh, uh, he said I have a whole lot of time. He said to get you know, my clothes ready. He said, uh, 
He said, last night, boy, the Lord touched me. I said, yeah, man. I said, we had to put you in the back of that truck, haul you home. He said, yeah, I know. He said, about, he said it's about two or three o'clock in the morning before he said, uh, maybe, he said, maybe, you know, uh, maybe it been longer than that. He said, he said, only reason I knew I, I, I came out of it, he said, was I could feel the dew uh, on my, you know, he said, I started to feel moist. I started to feel wet. I started to feel the dew. I said, the dew? He said, yeah, I was laying in my front yard. Those people had taken it and laid him in his front yard. <laughs> he, was, he was laid out in the spirit. And I was surprised he didn't end up in the drunk tank. But anyhow, <laughs> isn't that crazy? But uh, praise God. Go with me. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, go with me to the book of uh, Isaiah. To the book of Isaiah, chapter 43. This will be familiar to you. Chapter 43. And we're going to read from verse 18. That's how we'll start this out. I, I was wondering how I was going to start this out. And that's a good, that's a good starting place. So kind of remember, I've, I've already talked to you a little bit about it. And I promise I'm not going to, I'm trying not to keep you too long. I, Bill Winston did his offering so quick because he didn't have all that other stuff. But Brother Bill. Brother Bill. Can I take my time today? Oh, yeah. um, are we good, Mama? Are you, are you? I got some cronuts in the back. I, <laughs> yeah, y'all say take your time. Michael's like, dear God. <laughs> y'all don't know he's been intermittent fasting. So, what? How long has it been since you ate your last meal? Eighteen hours. Oh, I received that. Yeah, about twenty hours. Man, I need to do that. But anyhow, pray for me. Uh, I am getting on a program this week. I am. I, I'm, I'm on a weight loss program this starting this week. I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm on a weight loss program this week. In fact, I've already cu- I've already cut the soda pop. I've already cut it. I cut it. Here pretty soon I'm getting rid of the cronuts. Actually, I'm not eating very much sweets, am I, baby? I'm doing pretty good, aren't I? I'm at half meals. Start, I'm start reducing the carbs a little bit. Praise God. Here pretty soon I'm going to be the incredibly shrinking, incredible shrinking man. God will be looking up here at me and say, who's that man? Man, at one time I lost so much weight, Lewis, my neighbor came over and said, where's that preacher used to live here? I said, it's me. She goes, are you sick? <laughs> I understood her husband died of cancer, so. But I said, no, I'm not sick. I said, I, I meant to do this. I said, I just taped my mouth up. She's like, okay. She's like, well, you look good. I said, well, thank you. And then I got fat. And she's like, where's that preacher that lived over here? She's like, you're like Oprah. You up and down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway. All right, Isaiah 43. I need to hurry. Uh, verse 18, it says, remember ye not the former. Th-. Well, let's read this in the English standard. Uh, get the ye's out of there. Uh, verse 18, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Verse 19, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Amen. And so this, this, this is a word of prophecy. 
that was given by the prophet Isaiah. And the part I want us to look at is that part that says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Say this with me. Say, Behold, I am doing a new thing. And what does the next part say? No, I mean, that, that, just after that verse of Scripture. Same, same verse, Marissa. Other verse. Oh, will you, do you not, do you not perceive it? Uh, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Now, here's, here's a way you can look at that verse of Scripture. It says this, um, behold, I do a new thing. Uh, will you not discern it? Will you not discern it? So we know that God is doing something extraordinary. If you, if, we haven't, if you haven't figured it out yet, now I know there's some people that are still up in the air about it. I've never been up in the air about it. Um, as, in fact, as a matter of fact, if you think about it, I was thinking about when we started to become aware that the Lord was doing something that was uh, different or unusual to us. And it was uh, when pa- Pastor Reuben called me back in December. And the Lord had given him a dream. And the Lord told him, I don't want you worshiping the same way that you worshiped. He said, you've been singing about yourselves and I want you to start singing about me. I want you to take your focus off of you and I want you to put your focus on me. He said, your services. He said, I don't want you getting under the anointing so you can pray for each other. He said, I want you to get under the anointing so that you can entertain my presence. He said, now minister to you in that time. He said, but he said, but your, your focus is on you and I need your focus on me. Well, you know what? I, I didn't think about it till the other day when, uh, I don't know if y'all remember Pastor Pete Flores, he came uh, during revival. He was here along with some of the other guests that we had from uh, Northwest Ohio. He pastors out there and a bunch of those guys gathered here for that uh, revival we had earlier in the year. But he was, I was talking to him and he said, um, he said, you know, Reuben saw that coming before we ever saw it come. Lord started dealing. And I thought, you know what? You're right. It really did. It really did. Uh, it, was, it was that conversation with, that I had with Reuben that really, it really caused something to click. Something, something clicked in me when Reuben uh, said, said that to me. And I came and I told y'all, you know, what happened when Reuben said that was he lost his worship leader. That day, his worship leader was angry with him. Did I ever ever tell you all that? When Reuben got up and said that, his worship leader grabbed him after church and said, why are you saying that? You're saying that I'm not doing it right? He said, well, he said, I'm not saying you're not doing it right. I'm just saying God wants us to do it different. And his worship leader was into what what some people call prophetic worship. And so a lot of what he would do is he'd get up and he'd, you know, he'd play and he'd sing. And then he would, he would, uh, they, what, it would always lead to uh, prophecies or, you know, giving people words. And uh, it always led to, you're going to make it. It'll be all right. Pornography is going to be broken off of you. You know, I mean, it says, a, usually that says a lot about the individual that's speaking, not the individuals that are right. hearing. Right. Uh, because, you know, you get in there and God starts to work on you. But anyway, but he was like, I'm the worship leader. You need to stay in your lane. That's almost what he was saying. And Pastor Reuben was like, but the tail doesn't wag the dog. I mean, you're the worship leader, but God's, God's really called me to lead this church in the direction that we need to go. Well, he, you know, that guy, um, they filed a complaint with their denomination 
They tried to get their denomination involved to force Reuben into doing something. There were several people in the church that got behind this individual and, and gave uh, Pastor Reuben a bunch of grief. They started calling people in the church and telling them how wrong it was what Pastor Reuben had done. All Pastor Reuben did was tell them to do what the Bible teaches. It was crazy. It was crazy. But I thought, you know, because I'm, you know, pretty shallow sighted. I mean, we can only see what, uh, what we see. And if we see anything else, God has to show us. But all I saw was I'd been telling Reuben for a long time that that guy wasn't a good fit for his church because of that. And I was like, man, I think you ought to, your daughter, man, she carries an anointing that, that I think is for your church. But Reuben's a great guy. He's just like, well, we'll just see. And I, I told him, I said, see, the Lord used that. He, you had no idea he would have responded like that. But they ended up leaving his church. All these people left his church. And um, over, over telling, can you believe that? Can you believe it? But see, that's, that's, that's the direction that the Lord was getting ready, though, to take the whole right. church. Right. And immediately at the beginning of the year, the Lord began to turn us that way. And God began to turn other churches that way. Now, here's, here's what I want to tell you. Oh, are y'all, are y'all listening to me? Listen, I know I'm going along. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit certain points, and I'm going I'm to turn you this, because you won't get all of this if I try to go into all of it. You're, I can tell you're going to get off the bus here in a minute. But um, I just realized something. I don't know why I didn't think of this before. I just realized... Some of you aren't having the same experiences that we've been talking about having. You know, we talk about Miss Rhonda. Miss Rhonda got up here and preached a fiery message. You know what? I hadn't even bothered to ask Miss Rhonda if she knew if it was anything different than what she had ever done before. You know, she might have been like, I was just doing what I did in the past. I just preached. I'm not sure she even, re I don't know, because I never asked her. I'm not sure whether she even felt like there was a special touch. She might have got up and thought, well, I guess it was okay. You know, I never bothered to ask her. But then Pastor Annie gets up and she gets wrecked and she falls out and everybody's here. Now, of course, all of us responded to what was happening. And we came back to church because we had a hunger. We had a longing. But you know what I didn't, you know what I didn't stop to think about? And not that, I, not that I didn't know this. I just didn't, I didn't think to share it because um, I, I assume a lot of things. I make a lot of assumptions. And my assumption was is that you all know these things, that you're, you know what I'm about to tell you. But you all realize that not everybody is experiencing the same thing Pastor Annie experienced. Right? Annie got wrecked. Annie got so wrecked that she could barely talk to me that afternoon on the phone. So that's why we got back together for church that night. Because she was wrecked. She's like, we got to go. I was like, okay. But you know what? I didn't, I wasn't wrecked. I was eating mushaboo. When I, was, was I, when I was on the phone with her, I'm like, mm -hmm, I'm at the hot pot. Mm -hmm. Really? Praise God. You know, I'm eating rice and, and having me a good time, you know, just having lunch. And Annie is like totally right. I mean, the spirit of God. Now, did I sense the spirit of God? Yeah, but I didn't get wrecked. Shree, I told Shree. Shree's like, yeah, let's have church. I'm, where, I'm going. I'm going. If anybody, she's already going to open up the church. Shree was, she was, she was here. 
You know, she was, it was, it was a done deal for her. I mean, we're driving away and she's like, you sure? Because we hadn't yet settled it. And then as I drove away and settled it with Annie, um, I was like, well, Sheree, we're having church. She's like, so we all, we all came together. But I think what happens when God moves uh, in that way for someone, we, we see it, and when we see it, we think that that's the way he has to move for us. Am I talking to y'all? Gil, you, you ran into that during revival. God was working in people in a way that was very extraordinary. I mean, people were getting, people were getting a touch and a manifestation of the Spirit that was powerful, that was, you could see it. You know, some of us, I, I, I fell out of my chair right here onto the floor. And nobody even started praying. I was drunk in the Holy Ghost. And probably I got it, I got it as hard that day as I got it in that Howard Brown meeting where, you, where, I, where my coat got pulled over my head and I'm sitting up there in front of a thousand people, can't see nothing, thought I died. I mean, it was dark, man. It was just pitch black and I'm feeling the presence of God. I'm like, maybe I'm in heaven. Maybe, maybe I hit my head when I fell out, you know? I, I didn't know what was going on until I realized I felt like I was in a straitjacket. And when, when Ted had caught me, my coat, because I used to wear uh, blazer suit coats, and at that time I was wearing them all the time. And that coat, when, when I slid down Ted's belly, when he caught me and laid me on the floor, my coat just creeped up and went right over my head. Tied, bound up my arms in front of me. And, it, and so when I sat up after the Lord touched me, it's pitch black. And I can't see nothing. And then finally, I wiggle my way out. I, I, and my, my jacket went back. And I'm sitting, and I am facing Rama Bible Church, which has 10,000 seats. And 8,000 of those seats are filled. And I'm staring at it. And I got a whole section of people looking at me. Ha, 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 ha. And, I, and, and Ted, Ted's right there on the front row. Woohoo! Woohoo! He's just shouting and everything, and I'm trying to get him to help me, you know, because I'm feeling silly. And, I, and so I'm trying, to, I'm trying to tell him. I'm like, Ted. Ted. And he's like, <laughs> I'm like, I, I try to tell him to come here, but my arms are heavy and tied up in my jacket. So I'm like, listen, it just got worse. We just got more and more wrecked. So we've, we've had these, we have these supernatural encounters. But the biggest mistake that I think believers make is thinking that all of us are going to have the same encounter with God. That all of us are going, now listen, can we all have the same encounter? Absolutely. Listen, if you want God to wreck you and you want to experience what some people experience that we call uh, a drunken, the Holy Ghost, you, you can pray and you can ask God to give it to you, but you can't force him to. You can ask him to touch you in that manner. And if I was you and you wanted an encounter with God that went deeper and that, that, was, that was more experiential like that... I encourage you, pray, ask God to touch you. Tell him, Lord, I'm, I'm not leaving here till you touch me, till you touch me good. Right. It's okay to do that. But to think that your experience with God is any less than anyone else based on what it looked like, right. that can be dangerous. Y'all hearing me? That can be dangerous. Because you know what? Instead of seeking God, you know what we start seeking? We start seeking an experience. 
Instead of seeking God, we start seeking a manifestation. And that's one of the greatest hindrances to revival I have ever seen, is that when revival happens, instead of people seeking the reviver, they seek the revival. Right. Go ahead, man. Instead of people seeking the one who brought about the manifestation, they start seeking the manifestation. And when, you, when, you, when all you do is seek after a manifestation, you're already headed down the wrong path. That's not what God's intention or God's desire was to begin with. You know, when God, when God goes to bringing revival, he goes to bringing revival because he wants people to be uh, made alive. He wants us to, like the song says, come alive in the river. Amen. He wants us to be caught up in that river that flows, the, those streams that, uh, thereof that make glad the city of God, those streams, those rivers that flow from the throne of God. He wants us to get in those rivers. But you know what? He doesn't want us to get in those rivers just so we can be happy, just so we can have joy, just so that we can have healing, just so that we can see miracles, just so that we can experience or encounter something that everyone will come from all over the globe and go, ooh, we're in revival. He wants, he wants to do that because we, we were, des you know, when God created you and he designed you, he designed you to function in his presence. Oh, yeah. And if you'll look back on your life and you look at all the malfunctions of your life, all those malfunctions came as a result of you trying to live outside of his presence. You weren't designed to live outside of the presence of God. When God, I mean, uh, it's like, a, and y'all have heard me use this analogy before. I, I just got this shirt, but in, in this shirt somewhere, I won't take it off, but in this shirt somewhere is our care instructions. The creator of this, sh of this shirt made sure that it included a set of instructions on how, they made it. They tell you, they t the, 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 the tag tells you what's in it, what it's made of, and then it gives you a list of instructions. Uh, wash, wash separately in cold water, gentle cycle, hang dry, do not iron, dry on, air dry, dry on, whatever. It, uh, it gives you all these instructions. Why? Well, the one who manufactured it knows that if you're going to get the most out of this shirt, you're going to have to follow those instructions. Amen. When you, anybody ever buy, have you, anybody, have you, anybody bought a mower recently? You ever, you ever seen a picture of, of a, a mower, on the side of a mower, on the box of a mower, or, or even on a, on a sticker on a mower, a lawnmower, um, there's a picture, it's, 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 in a, it's within a circle, and it has a, a red slash through it, a red circle, the red, which means don't. And it's got a picture of these two dudes with uh, one on each side of the lawnmower hanging on to it like this. If you've, never, if you've never seen that, go and look at it. There's two dudes hanging on to a mower like this. And it says, <clears throat> do not use to trim hedges. Do you know why? Yes, do you know why? Because someone, and I'm sure they were, I'm sure it might have been from Stillwater or somewhere like that. But anyway, <laughs> we know that cowboy, it might have been, might have been down in Texas somewhere. But anyway, <laughs> we can all agree it was Michigan. Amen. But, But there's a reason why that picture's there. Because there were a couple fellas that decided this would make a good hedge trimmer. 
And you know what ended up happening to them? They sued the mower company because they got their hands cut off. Oh, yeah. They got their hands cut Because the manufacturer didn't... Dis- Thank God. Yeah, I was like, come on, I know better, Mom. Anyway, the manufacturer didn't design a mower to be used that way. Now, will, will it cut hedges? Well, ask the guy that got their hands cut off. It probably, it probably did a good job while they had their hands. So there are lots of stuff. Ask Ted. Ted cuts lots of stuff with his mower that shouldn't be cut. One, one day he was mowing leaves. And I was talking to him. He's mowing leaves. I'm like, hey, Ted, what are you doing? He, I'm mowing the leaves out here. And, and then he's like, oh, wait, oh, oh, I got to call you back. <laughs> and and I, he hung up abruptly. And man, 20, 20 some minutes went by and I called him. And when I called him, he's huffing and puffing. And, and I'm like, Ted, what are you doing? He's like, he's like, oh, I got, I got, my lawnmower's on fire. I got, I got, let me call you back. Let me call you back. And he hung up. Well, about 15 minutes later, I get a picture, and it, there's this, <laughs> there's this, <laughs> there's this pile of metal parts that used to be Ted's riding lawnmower. That thing burned to the ground, and there's a big old burn patch in his yard. I was like, "What happened?" He said, "Well, I was mowing them leaves, and when I stopped, the leaves got on the exhaust, and it started on fire, and it burnt my mower." I said. That's probably why it says don't use these to rake your leaves. Unless it's designed for that. Are y'all hearing me? See, so there, are y'all, are y'all getting this? An iron, you, an iron gets hot. You could probably warm your bath water with an iron. Because it gets hot. But you know what? The manufacturer didn't design your iron. Don't try it. That's why, that's why there's a bathtub on the side of that box with a red ring around it and a slash through it. Do not stick it in the bathtub. Why? You will die. Because it wasn't that. Will it get hot? Yes, it'll get hot, but that's not what it's designed for. If you try, listen to me, if you try to use something for a purpose for which it was not designed, you are in danger of injury or death. God didn't design you to live outside of his presence. God designed you to function in his God never thought man would be out of his presence. When God made man, God made man to live in his garden, to tend to his garden, and to have fellowship with him. He designed man to function in that place. That's why you have to resist the lie that the devil tries to tell you that when you're in church, you're, 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 you're a hypocrite. All you're doing is faking it. You know, you're a different person in church than you are outside of church. Some of you, some of you believe the book of Flip Wilson instead of the book of... The book's in the word. Flip, Flip Wilson. I, I made some, I'm aging myself there. But Flip... <laughs> do a Google search. Flip Wilson... Flip Wilson was a comedian back in the day when I was a kid. And he had a, he had a television program... Uh, what was that little kid that he had with him? Uh, oh, I'm looking at Lewis. Like, Lewis, like, I ain't that old, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Flip Wilson would say, you know, he, he'd be talking about who people was in the back, in the dark, in the closet, in the corner, when nobody's watching. 
And see, the devil be trying to tell people in church, that's who you really are, the one who's in the back, in the dark, in the closet, in the corner when nobody's watching. But the reality is, is the real you never comes out till you're in his presence. Now, like I said during worship, what did I say during worship? You will run into your old self in the process. And your old self will try to persuade you. See, that's, that's what I want to tell you all here today. Some of you have been on a journey to have the same experience that Pastor Annie has had or to have the same experience that some of these others have had. Listen, there's nothing wrong with having a deep, uh, a spectacular, supernatural encounter with God. I've had many of them. There's nothing wrong with you desiring. You know what? If I was you, I would desire for the Spirit of God to come on me and strike me dumb and stick me to the floor and cause me to be drunk in the Spirit that when people tried to pull me up, couldn't nobody pull me up. I've seen that happen. We were, me, me, and, me and, yeah, Ted's like, I've had it happen. But, well, one time Ted and I, we're in, Ted, myself, and a couple other fellas that traveled with me, we were over in um, Streetsboro, Ohio. And this, this, this uh, Italian fella, I mean, died in the wool Catholic. You want to talk about Catholic? This, this guy, his, all his descendants were confirmed he was so Catholic. And so he, he came to the meeting, and um, I was preaching, and the Spirit of God came through there. And man, when the Spirit came through there, this guy's like, I'm going to give my heart to the Lord. I've never given my heart to Jesus. So I had him come forward. He stopped me. He stopped me in the middle of the deal. I had him come up to the front. I said, all right, man, uh, let's pray. We prayed him in a sinner's prayer. I said, I said, you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost? He said, what is that? I said, well, Jesus told his disciples after they got saved, he said, tarry in the city of Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. He said, uh, and then he said this, he said, you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. I said, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord and one. I mean, I just went through real quick, told him about Holy Ghost baptism. He said, yeah, I think I want that. I laid hands on him. The fire of God fell on him. And uh, I said, now, I said, uh, uh, that those tongues are going to come rolling out of your belly. And I think he spoke in tongues for maybe two or three minutes. And then, uh, then he was like, whoo, whoo, whoo. And he went to doing that Michael Jackson did in that video where he leaned way over. You know, he, he was leaning all different ways, you know, and, and he wouldn't fall over. But after a while, he quit, you know, he quit talking in tongues. I said, now, I said, I said, tell him, I had the microphone. I said, tell everybody what's going on. I, I put it over to him. He goes, and he, he couldn't speak. I said, that's awesome, man. And, and I said, has this ever happened to you before? And, he go, and he's like, I was like, well, and everybody's roaring in laughter. I mean, the spirit of God's working. People are roaring with laughter on a Sunday morning at a church of God church, which was a miracle by itself. I mean, they are roaring with laughter because the joy of the Lord hit the whole place. And I, I'm, I'm like, uh, um, I said, so, uh, I said, are you going to tell everybody about this? And I, you know, I'm just kind of going through this whole thing. I know he's not able to talk because the Spirit of God has a hold of him. And he's, and he's looking at me. He's not in distress. He just can't speak. He just goes, <laughs> he's looking at me. I said, all right. I said, well, you go on to your seat now. And when he went to go to his seat, he leaned way forward, but he, he would, I mean, I, I moved, but he, he didn't even move that much. He leaned forward and his feet wouldn't move. I was like, you can go ahead and have a seat now. And he tried to move again. I knew, I knew then he was stuck to the floor by the spirit. I said, can you move? And he, he, he was trying. He's like, 
And of course, the place is just going nuts. And I said, Ted, come help this fella. Ted came over. Ted grabbed this guy. This guy, this guy is maybe, maybe as big as this fella sitting next to Monte. He's thin. He's, he's, not, he's not super duper tall. And so I said, Ted, help this fella out. Ted grabbed this guy with both of his arms and tried to pick this guy up. This guy wouldn't come off the floor. That's I had two more guys come. I had three guys up there trying to get this guy off the floor. He could not be picked up off the floor. I said, leave him there. They left him there. Am I lying, Ted? Ted? Ted can't tell a lie. Anyway, so... I went on. I preached for a while, and the, Lord, and the Lord spoke to me. He said that he said, he said, go ahead and release him. He said, so that people will know that. I said, all right. I said, sir, in the name of Jesus, I release you. When I turned him loose, he went. <laughs> he was like, wow. You know, then he started talking. He's like, man, the spirit of God. I was like, thank you. Now, some of you say, well, why would the Lord do that? Because he can. He can do whatever he wants to do. Now, some people are like, don't do that to me, Lord. But other people are like, God, touch me. Touch me in a way where you have full control. Now, here's the thing. Uh, we, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't seek that in place of him. What we should do is seek him, and then if that happens, praise God. You know, if you end up on the floor with the joy of the Lord, praise God. If you end up sensing the touch of God's spirit and the fire of God falls on you, praise God. But you know what? If you don't have the experience, do you know what was important about what God is doing around the earth right now? What was important was that we recognize that he was doing something and that we respond appropriately, which, which, which all of us did. We responded appropriately. What did we do? Well, we began to seek his face to find out what it was that he was saying to us. Unfortunately, what happens to many people, there are a lot of pastors, there are a lot of ministers, there are a lot of people that went to Asbury, that went to some of these college campuses, that experienced, you know, the, the touch of God. And because many of them have never experienced revival, they, they, look at, they look at it and they try to determine what God is doing by what they see with their eyes. And you're, what you see with your eyes is a very poor indicator of what God's really doing in the spirit. Go ahead, man. It really is. See, what a lot of people don't realize and what, what your pastor realizes and what I know because this is what I've done all my life. I've led people into these experiences my whole ministry, my whole life, and I know the road. I know what happens when you press into the presence of God. You don't feel good about it. Because you get in his presence and you're like, man, I suck. And you know what? The Lord won't disagree with you. He'd be like, mm-hmm. But if you don't know him, and you've never been in that environment, you might take that to mean that he's not pleased with you. Now, I'm going to tell you nothing thrills God more than for you to meet him, than for you to entertain his presence. And you know what? He's not really exposing you. It's not that God is exposing you. You know, Ben and I had a conversation on the telephone the other day, and he was talking to me, and he said, he said, and we, we, I, was, I was talking to him about this, and he, he used this analogy. I thought it was a great analogy, and I promise I'm almost done. He said this. He said, he said, have you ever seen people, you know, he said, you came and you taught us concerning finances. He said, have you ever seen people, he said, that um, they're afraid to get money because they're afraid money will make them a, a bad person, that money will bring something ugly out of them. 
I said, yeah. He said, have you ever seen people that when they got money, anybody ever seen somebody that when they got money, they got ugly? Anybody ever see that? They got money and all of a sudden they say, guess what? They didn't get ugly because of the money. It was just that they didn't have enough money to be ugly. The ugly was always there. They just couldn't afford to be ugly at the time. But once they could afford to be ugly, ugly came. It wasn't the money that brought the ugly. It was the presence of that money that caused the ugly to surface and to be visible to everybody. Do you know what? It's this, listen, listen to what I'm going to tell y'all. I told y'all this already on Wednesday, but I want to make sure you hear this right. When the Spirit of God comes upon an individual, when the anointing of God begins to work in an individual's life, we, we, we talked about it when we were talking about Benny Hinn's book on the anointing. When the anointing comes, it will bring up... Sheree was talking to me about it. She's like, Pastor, I'm, I'm cranky. I'm, the Lord's touching me, and I am cranky. I'm in a bad mood. I was like, dang, and you're in my office right now. <laughs> no, no, I didn't say that. But you know, that's what you... I just, you don't mind me telling that, do you? She's like, I'm in a bad... She said... I'm wanting to get over there and enjoy, but man, every time he shows up, I'm like, her. Because I feel like I haven't gotten all that he has for me. There's so much more that I desire. There's so much more that I want to do. I don't want to do anything that I'm doing in the world. I don't want to have a secular job. I don't want to have a business. I'm tired of this business. I don't want no business no more. The only business I want to be about is doing the work of the kingdom. And I'm irritated. Dear God. Oh my God. I thought she was going to start a fire and start sending up signals. I'm like, my God, she's, the natives are restless here. <laughs> yeah, I got to juice it up a little bit. But anyway. But I began to, I began to talk to her. I began to tell her. You know, I, I think sometimes, like when I saw Pastor Annie, I love those times when God touches me in that way. But you know what? God touched Annie that way. She, she was in his presence like that for a period of time. At, after that point, I never got it that way. God would meet me here every time we got together, but God didn't meet me the same way he was meeting her. Go ahead now. There was something drastically going on. In, there was something drastic that was happening with Pastor Annie. Still happening. But it wasn't so drastic for me. Do you know what? You all want to know why it wasn't drastic for me? Because I've been there before. I didn't need that. I didn't need for God to do that for me, to, for me to get knocked into. But you know what? Here's the thing with Pastor Annie. Pastor Annie, she's never, she hadn't had the same experiences that I've had. She hadn't been in the presence of God in the same way there. Ayla, did you get, did you get wrecked as Pastor Annie did? Ayla didn't get wrecked. You know why? Because Ayla stayed wrecked for 40-something, 50-something weeks in Richmond, Indiana, every day. Does the Lord need to persuade her of anything like that? No, she don't need to be persuaded. So you know what he does? You're okay. I don't need to persuade you. You know I can do it. She looked over. Now she might have been like, yeah, but I want that ice cream. See, I described it to Sheree like this. You know, when you go work a job and they have orientation 
And, and here you are, you've been working there for 20 years, and they got the orientation bunch doing their orientation. You walk by, and there's cookies, and there's cakes, and there's, there's, you know, lunches, and they got a table spread, and all of them are sitting there with their pencils, and they're all writing stuff down, and you like, man, look at that orientation group. They're, they got food, they got all this stuff, and, and you see them at their break, and they ain't all sweaty and dirty, and, and, and you looking at them, and you thinking, man, I'd like me some of that orientation food. Do you know what? You're not in orientation. Are y'all hearing me today? You ain't in orientation. You done graduate. You working. You working. And God's doing something different. Oh, man, listen to what I'm preaching right now. See, that, that's, why, that's why some of you still, that's why some of you still, when you get in his presence, there's still this, this um, desire to mourn. Because you're looking at what you think you ought to have, not realizing that you've had that. And God, God doesn't intend to do that same thing with you as what he's doing with some of these others. Boy, I'm preaching right now. And some of you think that you're going to have to keep repenting more and, and begging for forgiveness more and doing all this stuff. Well, I just, I must say, we must not be doing it enough. Maybe, maybe if we do like they do and go around the clock. No, you're looking, you're looking at things in the natural. You know, there are lots of preachers. I sent, I sent you a snap or a Instagram. You got to look at it. There's, a, there's all these preachers all over the country that are trying to recreate what is happening. Listen, you don't want to do that. You're, not, you're never going to have what everybody else had if you don't get it the same way they got it. And you know how they got it? They got it by seeking the face of God. Not his hand, but his face. See, when God's spirit comes on an individual, God's spirit will cause those things in your life that are ugly to be revealed, accentuated, to, to come to the surface even greater. But not to come to the surface to frustrate you, to discourage you. It's not God saying, you nasty thing. That's not, that, that's not it at all. It's those things coming to the surface. It's the... You know what happens to gold? You know what happens to gold before it becomes pure? The dross has to come up. It has to come to the top. Why? All the impurities have to come up so they can be scraped off. Let it come up. You say, but pastor, how do we scrape it off? By diving into his presence. By continuing to go after him with all of your heart. Some of y'all need to juke the old man. When, 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 you, when you're on that path and you're coming up to your old man and your old man is saying, stop, you're not good enough. You need to be like, just juke him. Just get around him. Get around, yeah, just like that, amen. Get around him. <laughs> hey, you gotta go to the back if you want it. They always run to the front, don't they? We're not designed to run to the back. We're designed to run to the front. Right. Amen. Stand up all over the place. I, I, didn't, I didn't preach my message. I just told you a bit of it. But anyhow, I think that was enough. I, I pulled out the high parts. Did that, does this help? Did that help anybody? Oh, yeah. Behold, I do a new thing. Will you not discern it? See, you have to discern where you fit into this thing. Oh, yeah. you ought to, now, here's, here's the, you ought to be asking God, Lord, what next? What now? What do you have for me? What do you have for me? Lord, I want to be filled with the Spirit. That, now, he ain't, over, he ain't done with you, Ayla. 
You're going to get, get drunk in the spirit probably when you give birth to that baby. Can you imagine Ayla getting drunk in the Holy Ghost, giving birth? Ha, ha. Would be crazy if that baby came kicking, hopping around like you did all that revival. Man, I would see Ayla, she'd come into church, she'd come into church and she'd bounce in. I called her Tigger for a while because she'd bounce in and then bounce out. She was always bouncing. She would talk to me and she'd be like this. Rather say, man, God's really touched me, you know. This is before I ever dreamed she'd be a part of my family. Go ahead, man. You know what? It's okay. It's okay that some of you aren't getting these huge, spectacular. Remember, we miss out sometimes on the supernatural because we're looking for the spectacular. And the supernatural is not always spectacular. And we have to be willing to receive from the Lord. Whatever way that he's engaging with us, we need to engage with him. However it is that he wants to interact with us, we need to be satisfied with that and grateful with that. Now, don't settle there. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying settle. We, if, if you hunger and thirst and long for a demonstration of God's power in your life, in your ministry, then you ought to pursue God for that. You should. If you're at a Benny Hinn meeting, and he's like, how many of you want to be filled with the Spirit? Lift up your hands. Amen. How many of you want a touch from God? Listen, lift your hands. Amen. Don't be like, Lord do, you, Lord, do you want me to have it? No, lift your hands. Get you a touch. Amen. Like today. y'all see, Did you see how y'all responded today in the offering? That's it. Why did you respond that way? Because you trusted I heard from the Lord. Y'all didn't, y'all didn't have to. I, none of y'all. None of you didn't, I didn't, none, I, I didn't even get it out of my, I didn't even get out of my mouth. I didn't even get it all out of my mouth, what I felt like the Lord said, before you all were responding because you had anticipated what God had said. Do y'all know what a rarity that is in any place, in any church? I'm going to tell you something. God brought you here because you're a people of revival. Paul Trokel came through here and he told him, he told me some. He looked at me in the car and then he told y'all. He looked at me in the car and he said, I think you have these people praying for something that he said, I don't think y'all understand what you have in your church. I said, what do you mean? He said, all these people are pressing and pushing and want God to do. He said, I've never felt in, I have never felt in any other church I've been to what I felt at your church. Your church is praying for something that God has already given you. You all are in revival. You're a revival church. But you know why we continue to press? Because we know there's more. We know there's more. We won't quit. I won't quit pressing. Listen, I've been at this 37 years, and for 37 years, people told me I'd get satisfied. I am, I am more dissatisfied today than I've ever been before, but I'm grateful for what God is doing. And I know, listen, I know that it's not just about spectacular manifestations. Can I tell you the truth? Annie and I had this conversation over lunch yesterday. Because she asked me, she said, she said, Dad, I just feel like I'm struggling. I feel like I'm, I'm struggling. I hope she doesn't mind me telling this. It's too late now. She said, I feel like I'm struggling to, to hang on to that passion that hit me that morning. I've got 
work. I've got things that are going on. We got our house that we're having to take care of. The, the spring is coming. You know, you're getting ready to leave and go and do revival. She said, I've got to preach. And she said, I just feel like that there's all these obstacles in my way trying to keep me from continuing to have that passion that the Lord put in me to be in his presence. I said, I asked her, I said, well, let, me, let me ask you this. Is it the feeling that's gone or is it the, really the passion? It's the feeling. I said, let me ask you this. I said, do you still want to press in as much as you wanted to press in? Yes, but everything's up. I said, you're not missing it. You're not missing it. Will there be times that we'll sacrifice time at home? Are y'all hearing me? Yes. Yeah. Yep. That we'll come together every day? Yeah. She asked me that too. She said, we, Dad, we've been praying. She calls me Dad. Dad, we've been praying for extended revival meetings at our church since we started. We're 12 years in and haven't had one yet. She said, why? I said, well, you know what, baby? Every place I've ever had extended revival, they needed it. I said, the fact that the Lord has never told us to do it may be an indication that it, it, it's either that he's not, he don't want it at this time or we don't need it or we're not ready or we're not ready. But you know what? I, I asked her this. I said, whenever, God, whenever you got wrecked up here in the front, I said, what did you do different than what you're doing now? She said, nothing. I said, were you ready for it that morning? She said, no. I said, were you looking for that to happen to you that morning? She said, no. I said, so it was out of your control. You, you, you didn't make that happen. She said, no. I said, well, what make you think you're going to make it happen again? Here's what you need to understand. If God did it for you in another time, in a time when you were less ready, when you had more of an aversion to it, if God, listen, think about this. God touched some of you when you had more walls up. Anna. God touched you when you had more walls up. Debbie. Eric, all of us. My God, if we get in here every week now and we've dropped every wall and we've dropped our guard, we're like, oh, Guess what? He can do anything he wants to do. But you know, one thing we are going to stay faithful doing is his word. We're going to remember the Bible. We're not going to allow ourselves to get caught up in a religion. In fruitless, fruitless, carnal uh, uh Flakery, thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you, Michael. <laughs> uh, I, I was, I was going to say uh, uh, superstitions, but flakery is good. But we haven't we cre haven't we as Christians created a superstitious thing? Well, if I hold my foot just right, if I if I hold my mouth just right, if I if I squint enough, if I you know if I bear down enough, if I pray in tongues long enough. That's not where it's at. But there's a lot of people getting caught in that trap. Can you see it? 
well, they didn't have leaders. They didn't have this. Don't get caught up in that nonsense. Listen, get caught up in his presence. You're going to flourish in his presence. You know what? You know what's going to happen in his presence? Your family's going to be healed in his presence. Your kids, even if, even if they've been rotten, they're going to sweeten up. Amen. Thank God, thank God Annie was already a Proverbs, what's, what's the chapter? She was already a Proverbs 31 woman. But had she not been, if, if I'd have stayed in his presence, she would have become a Proverbs 31 woman. If we'll, if we'll stay in his presence, all things will work together for our good. Because we love God, we're called according to his purpose. In 37 years of ministry, because I've seen God do some spectacular things. One of the things I am not persuaded of, and I'm going to tell you this, maybe the first time I've ever told you all this. I am not fully persuaded that we're always supposed to be laying on the ground out under the power of God. I'm not fully persuaded that every Sunday we're supposed to have fire tunnels. I'm not fully persuaded that every Sunday we're supposed to, we're supposed to uh, laugh and have joy and most, I think most people, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but I think most of what we call the Holy Spirit is good-intentioned people getting caught up in their emotions. And the Lord shows up sometimes in it. And then there are those moments where the Spirit of God breaks out and it's supernatural. But I think that's probably about I, I would be generous if I said 10% of the time. Really true, powerful moves of the Spirit are few and far between. That's what makes them life-changing. If it was common, it wouldn't affect you. But because those moments are uncommon. Listen, if you have a... And I've, I feel fortunate... That, that three or four times in my entire life, I have felt the wind of God blow into a service. Not, and I'm not talking about a little bit. I'm talking about where if the kind of wind came into this service that happened in those services, that these chandeliers would be swaying back and forth violently. Violently. Annie was in one of those services. No, two of them. She was in two of them. Well, no, the other one wasn't really a wind. It was just the glory of God showed up. You want to talk, Gil, you want to talk about the glory of God. I mean, we are, we are hungering for it. When the glory of God showed up one time in Antlers, I wish I could, I'm going to try to find the recording. We got to try to get that recording. And I'm going to play, even though I'm embarrassed to play it for you, I'm going to play it for you. Because some of y'all think, you know, because of the glory of God. You, some of you think that the glory of God shows up, you see people and you see people like, yeah, I mean, men are men. Yeah! No, you know how I was on this recording? Right, baby? Wasn't that manly about it? Well, it was real. It was real. Listen, he got me. He got me. He got everybody else there too. You can hear me. You can hear. You can hear me in that tape, curling up into a ball. I'm gonna try to find it. 
Do you? Do you? <laughs> Tyler has it. Tyler has it. If, if I can, I'm going to get it. I'll have, I'll have Annie play it next Sunday. While I'm not here. <laughs> my prayer, you know, as I heard this this week, my prayer is, is that this will help you to understand and give you an aha, that aha that you need to determine where you're at. Does this, has this helped anybody today? It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Amen. It's working. God's working. God's working. But we're not going to crawl up into a ball and, in, and get isolated and separate ourselves because we ran into our old self on the pathway to God. That we ran into our insecurities. We'll be like, I see you, but I ain't, I ain't paying attention to you. I put my focus on him. It's the only way we overcome. It's the only way. Listen, if you're a, if you, if you are a, 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 if you're an alcoholic, a drug addict, if you're chemically dependent in any way, listen, that's your answer. Your answer, your answer isn't in trying to defeat your old man. The answer is in pressing into his presence. So today, if you need if you need anything from the Lord, reach out to him today. Grab it in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what you've said to us here today. We're so grateful, Father. Can I continue with this? Can I continue with this maybe the next time we get together? What, Wednesday, right? Wednesday. I'm going to continue with this on Wednesday. So if I preach on Wednesday, which I think I did last Wednesday, do we have, oh, that's right, we're here tomorrow. That's right, tomorrow, Miracle Monday. So we'll be here tomorrow, but we'll see how it works out. Maybe tomorrow I'll continue to share. But there is some more to this that I want y'all to know, because I don't want anyone to, I don't want anyone to think anything crazy, but um, I will finish this this week, though, sometime, either, either tomorrow or Wednesday. So Father, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness. Lord, I thank you for your people. I thank you, God, for their persistence. I thank you, Lord, for the faith that they are exhibiting, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Now, Eli, now, I know Tyler's got his hand on you, but I see the hand of the Lord on you. And I hear the Lord telling me to tell you this. He said, he said in your mind, he says, it may not even have come out of your mouth yet, but between you and he, you're like, Lord, I'm not going to be one of those that struggles in the latter part of my pregnancy. And the Lord says, I've heard you. And he says, I agree with you. That's what the Lord said. And so the Lord says this. The Lord says, get ready. He says, the Spirit of God is coming on you now. And he's alleviating ailments. He's alleviating afflictions. And the Lord says, you God says, you're going to carry on throughout the rest of this pregnancy, God says, as if there were no baby present. Because the Lord says, where you lack, God says, I'm more than enough. God says what you don't have, God said, I have an abundance of it. Amen. The Lord says the doctors be trying to tell you you got too much of this and not enough of that. But the Lord says, I got everything that you need and then some. God says, I've already gone ahead of you and made a way. So he says, get ready. He says, because as you walk in my way, the Lord says, that there won't be nothing but testimony after testimony after testimony. The Lord says, when all them other women look at you and say, well, you was lucky. The Lord said, Lord said you'll be, he said, you'll be bold and you'll say, luck had nothing to do with it. Luck had nothing to do with it. 
This was Jesus. If you, if you, if you need him, you can have him. Amen. Glory to God. But I lose that to you today. In the name of Jesus. Lewis, I'm seeing the Lord. I'm seeing the Lord uh, working in your house. There's a, there's a lot of heavenly activity. Nikki, Lewis, both of y'all. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of heavenly activity around y'all's house. He, <laughs> the, Lord, the Lord tell me this. He says, he says it's a rough, it's been, it's, you've got, you guys have hit some rough spots with, with, concerning Emory. It's not, but it's not wrong. It's not wrong. God, God tell me to tell y'all this. You cannot feel guilty for mourning. But the Lord says there will come a point in the process where your mourning will turn to dancing and your sorrow will turn into joy. But God says that'll happen as it happens. But, but the Lord says, the Lord says the mourning isn't meant to break you. The morning isn't meant to break. God says, y'all don't feel like you're going to break down in the morning. The, the, but he says, it's almost like there, the enemy would try to bring fear that there's a possibility. Like the enemy's trying to bring fear like, y'all better be careful. God said, God, you know, God tell me to tell y'all, he says this. He says, he said, y'all are in my hands. And God says, I'm going to carry you through this moment. And I see, do by, by the Spirit, just like I saw over Ayla, I saw Jesus. Jesus is, Jesus is, when I, when I looked at you, Ayla, Jesus was dancing dances around you of deliverance and freedom. The Lord Jesus, he's spinning around and dancing with a big old cheesy smile on his face. So I'm, I'm seeing this by the Spirit. And same over here with Lewis and Nikki. I'm seeing the angels of heaven around your house keeping guard. The enemy, the enemy can't get in unless you open up the door to him. And God says, you haven't opened up the door. He said, don't be afraid. He says, everything's going to be all right. He said, you, he said, you won't be held back not one bit. You won't be held back not one bit. But the Lord says... When you go into this next season, he says, you're going to carry a message. The Lord says, not just a message, but God says, there's going to be healing in your hands for those who have been broken, God says, by what couldn't break you. God says, there are multiplied families that are going to see deliverance and freedom from, tor from the torment of the enemy. As you sweep in with the anointing of God to lay hands on him and release him by the fire of the Spirit. God's, God, God says he's elevated you above the reach of the, of, the, uh, of the weapons of the enemy. You're out of range. You're out of range. Ha! You're out of range. And you're not to be afraid. You're not to be afraid. You're, you're, there's still a season of mourning yet. And it's okay. Don't feel guilty. Don't let anybody... Miss Rhonda, don't let anyone come in and try to make you feel guilty about this. None of y'all. Monte, you hear, you're hearing what I'm saying? Eli, don't y'all feel guilty for mourning? Don't do it. If you got a mourning, you need help mourning. We'll mourn with you. If you need help, we'll help you. I'm serious. Because that's right. It's, it's a part of the process. That's what the Bible says. 
but to, but to be broken, to be destroyed over a, no, not, not today, tomorrow, or ever. No. You'll come out of this with greater strength than you ever dreamed or imagined you could have and a greater measure of anointing to minister to others that are defeated in the name of Jesus. Because God, God says this, God says you, 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 you've not faced defeat. Not in this circumstance. Not at all. Amen. Thank God. The, the, devil, thought, the devil thought he had y'all a couple good times, but nope. God snatched y'all right up out of his hands and said, nope, not today, Satan. Amen. Amen. But the greater days are ahead. You, you just need to know that the, the heaven's looking over your house and that uh, the angels of God are standing guard over your place, that Jesus is there, that he's working with you, and everything's going to be good. Praise God. All right. Thank God. Listen, if you need, if you need special prayer today, if you want us to pray for you, I want, I want some of the elders to come. Come on. Um, come on, Debbie. Come on, uh, 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 Pastor Annie. And, uh, Hilda, can you come or you got the baby? She's got the baby. Uh, come on. Um, <laughs> yeah, Tyler and Ayla. Uh, <laughs> praise the Lord. You know what, Nikki, Lewis, come up here. I want you all to pray with people today if they need prayer. Come on, Cherie. If you need prayer today, we're going we're gonna to pray for you. Whatever, you. whatever you need prayer for, whatever it is that you need prayer for, don't hesitate. If you need prayer before you go, make sure you come up and pray. Uh, if you don't need prayer and you, can, and you feel like you're good to go, then you can go in his presence. We're back here tomorrow, Miracle Monday. What's going to happen, Pastor? Well, we're going to pray for sure. For sure we're going to pray. We're just going to let the Holy Spirit lead us whatever else he wants us to do. And then, uh, uh, of course, Wednesday, I'll be here Wednesday. And then Friday will be outreach. And then next week, we'll be starting revival in Ohio. You all will be here, Pastor Annie. Carolyn and Shri are going out today to do some ministry. If, you, if you're interested in going, hit them up before you leave. Father, thank you for all that you've said and done here today. We're grateful for all that you've done. Continue to bless your people, God. Continue to increase them in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right, if you need prayer, you can come. If you don't need prayer, go in his presence. Before you leave, love someone because you do. I'll see you all back here tomorrow. In Jesus' name.